You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans. From San Francisco, I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, November 19th, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how you doing tonight, my friend? I'm well, buddy. Excellent. I'm doing well. Good, good. We are also joined by South Stands contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the good word? All good, guys. All good. 60 <laughs> degrees in Cleveland, Ohio in I November, like, man. You got like it. it. Good to be on. <laughs> all right. All right. Of course, we are here to preview Ohio State's top 10 clash with Indiana this Saturday. But before we get started, boys, I want to remind our listeners about our new website, which you can visit at southstandsosu.com. You can listen to all of our podcast episodes there and check out our new blog I'd also like to invite our listeners to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. We'd greatly appreciate your feedback there. Finally, we invite you to give us a follow on Twitter at South underscore stands. That's South underscore stands. Okay, here we go. This is the showdown for the Big Ten East division that we all anticipated, right, boys? We knew it was going to be Indiana and Ohio State for the Big Ten East division. It's number nine, Indiana versus number three, Ohio State, this Saturday, noon Eastern, in the horseshoe. The game will be broadcast on Fox with Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, and Plummer's girlfriend, Jenny Taft. The Lions. Oh, <laughs> Love Jenny. Yeah, you and me both, my friend. The line is Ohio State minus 20 and a half. The over-under is 66 and a half. This is basically one of two semifinals for the Big Ten crown being played this weekend. The winner of this game is in command of the Big Ten East, and the winner of the Wisconsin-Northwestern game, which is going to be played immediately after Ohio State-Indiana, will put that team in the driver's seat for the Big Ten West. And we're going to talk about that game in a bit. Ohio State leads the all-time series with Indiana 76-9 to with four ties. Indiana's last win in this series was 1988. That was John Cooper's first year at Ohio State, which we all remember as a total disaster. <laughs> the Hoosiers pounded the Buckeyes 41-7 to in that game. Indiana's last win in Columbus was the year before in 1987. That was Earl Bruce's last season as head coach. The Hoosiers won that game 31-10. to Those were some dark, dark days indeed in Ohio State football history. I think we can all agree yes, on that. Yes, they were. You lose back-to-back games to the Hoosiers and get blown out in both games. I mean, that's, I, I, that seems like an alternate universe. Now, last season, the Buckeyes overpowered the Hoosiers 51-10 to in Bloomington, but that result was a bit of an outlier because this has been a fairly competitive game over the last nine seasons. Indiana has been able to hang with Ohio State into the second half of many of the last seven or eight games. They even held halftime leads in the 2015 and 2017 games. And the Hoosiers also played Ohio State pretty tough in their last two visits to the shoe in 2016 and 2018. Now, the last time Tom Allen brought his Hoosiers to the shoe in 2018, it was a pretty competitive fight. Buckeyes only led 35-26 going into the fourth quarter before pulling away 49-26. As we know, the Hoosiers come into this game 4-0 and in sole possession of first place in the Big Ten East Division, and that's by virtue of having played one more game than Ohio State. As we know, they are led by quarterback Michael Penix Jr., who comes into this game completing just under 61% of his passes. Penix has thrown nine touchdowns to only three interceptions. He's averaging about seven yards per completion. 
Senior receivers Ty Freifogel and Wap Fillier are pretty dangerous weapons on the outside for Penix. Freifogel leads the Big Ten in receiving yardage right now with 424 yards on 24 receptions. He also has four touchdown catches. And the Hoosier defense has actually been very good so far this season. They they lead the Big Ten in sacks with 12 and in interceptions with 10. So think about that. 10 picks in four games. It's a pretty opportunistic defense. The Hoosiers also rank 18th nationally in total defense, giving up 321 yards per game and just under five yards per play. Now, by comparison, the Ohio State defense ranks 33rd, giving up 356 per game and about five and a half yards per play. Let's fire up the concernometer here, guys. I want to get, I want to start by getting your concernometer score from each of you, as well as a few thoughts on this game page. I want to start with you. Go ahead. Again, no one on this uh, pod graduated Ohio State with a math major. (laughs) So I think I was just, as you were going through your preamble, I added up the combined wins uh, and even I could do that with my economics degree of the four teams that Indiana has beaten. And it's a combined, it's three W's. I mean, yeah. Penn state Rutgers, Michigan, and Michigan state. Mm-hmm. I mean, all four of those teams are hot garbage. I'm not buying it. I'm yeah. not buying it at all. Mm-hmm. I think I have this at my concernometer at mm, I'm, I'm maybe a one, a one. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All the way down at Coming one. Out of, uh, wow. Van okay. concerned. <laughs> like he's usually van concerned, like van, you know, like iffy. So, so let me press you a little bit on that score, my friend. So you, you're, you're not buying IU. You've mentioned the combined win totals of, of all their opponents. Penn State, four things had to go wrong for them to lose that game. Then at Rutgers versus Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, and you know, now the spotlight's on them. So they got to come into the shoe. They got to perform. And I just don't think they're up to the task. So, um, I'm not concerned. All right. I'm a one. You're a one. Wow. Chad. I'm just gonna, I'm going to hover at a zero (laughs) and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I, I, what a lot of people I think don't understand is that Indiana, um, they, rely on turnovers Mm -hmm. and through the first four games indiana has forced 12 turnovers and it's done like obviously a great job um turning those into points the problem is indiana has difficulty scoring on any of their own possessions okay that's a good point so what like so through the first four games, 37.8% of Indiana points on offense have been scored following a turnover. Now the Ohio State wow. defense, yes, we've we've talked about our concerns with the uh, you know the backfield and and those types of things. Right. But that's that's a problem. Um, so I really don't think that and you're playing Ohio State. A team that like doesn't really turn over the ball. So mm-hmm. if we don't turn over the ball and our defense plays like they're capable of playing, when does Indiana the Hoosiers do when do they score? That's a really good point. What was that percentage of points scored after a turnover? Did you say it was like thirty eight percent or something? 
Yeah, 30, like 37.8, wow. yeah, 38%. Okay. Cut off the presses from the yeah. Belfry Daily Beast. That's, yeah, wow. the BDP, baby. <laughs> I just got that got that flown on the ticker from the bottom of my phone. <laughs> I like that, that. crazy? That's pretty telltale, yeah. yeah. On your Bloomberg terminal, you just have the BDB <laughs> scrolling hey, hey, down below. Here, Here's another uh, stat off the BDP for you there, Van Confirm. <laughs> the average length of Indiana's touchdown drive this season has been 53.2 yards, which is the shortest of any team that has played at least two games. Any team in the country or any, te- so, any Big Ten team? Any team in the country. Wow. So basically basically, what this is telling us is when Indiana isn't facing a short field thanks to a turnover, it is a difficult time reaching the end zone. I like that. So going back to what I was to that zero, uh-huh. that goose egg. I think this is going to be a complete blowout. Wow. V. Those are very revealing stats, CP. I, lo- I love that you brought that up. So I had Ohio State on a mild upset alert in this game before the season began. Paige, as you remember, we did two schedule breakdowns. And I was, you know, I had Ohio State on alert in this game because Indiana with Michael Penix Jr., I thought they could be a, a bit of a thorn in Ohio State's side. My preseason concernometer score was 5.0, but I'm going to bump it up slightly to five and a half because I have some lingering questions about the back end of the Buckeye defense. Now I'm feeling a little silly saying that after listening to you guys. You guys have me kind of rethinking that, but I'm going to stick with it. Five and a half on the concernometer for me. Stick to your guns, buddy. Stick to your I'm going to stick to my guns. I use coming into this game with a ton of confidence. I respect what they've been able to do defensively so far this season. Obviously, Michael Penix Jr. is having a good year. He's got some good wide receivers, as we've already mentioned. However, there are some red flags for IU, and I want to start with Michael Penix Jr. He's not terribly accurate. He's only completing about 61% of his passes. Completion percentages for upper echelon college quarterbacks should be closer to about 70%. If you look at some of the top quarterbacks in the game right now, they're all well over 70%. Mac Jones, he's he's completing about 78.5% of his passes. Justin Fields actually leads the country at 86.7%. That's insane. Zach Wilson, the kid from BYU, he's completing 75% of his passes. Trevor Lawrence, he checks in at number nine nationally. Uh, He's averaging just over 70%. But Michael Penix Jr. is way down at about 61. The other concern I would have is if I'm an IU fan is Indiana cannot really run the football. They rank 118th in the country in rushing offense, averaging only about 95 yards per game and 2.7 yards per carry. By comparison, the Buckeyes are 28th nationally in rushing offense, averaging 208 yards per game, 4.8 yards per carry. So, by comparison, the Buckeye offense looks like a or rushing offense looks like a juggernaut compared to Indiana. The other concern I would have about the Indiana offense is they're not very good on third down, and the first two things I mentioned probably have to do with the fact that they're not very good on third down, Penick's relative inaccuracy and the fact that IU can't run the football, their third down conversion rate is only about 39%. That's 76 in the country. And by comparison, Ohio State is fifth nationally at 58%. So I look at those numbers. Chad, you've already mentioned it. IU is a team that relies heavily on its defense to create turnovers and get that offense short fields. I have concerns as to whether or not they can actually put together those 10 to 12 play scoring drives from 75, 80 yards away. And Ohio State does not turn the ball over all that much. This IU offense is 
solid, but they're not very explosive, only averaging about 4.95 yards per play. So under five yards per play. By comparison, Ohio State's averaging 7.2 yards per play. The other thing I've been thinking about is that the season opening matchup between Penn State and Indiana. Penn State has a pair of NFL defensive ends in Shaka Tony and Jason Owe. And they have a pair of NFL caliber corners in Joey Porter Jr. and Tyree Castro Fields. And they no doubt have some other dudes on that side of the ball that'll be playing on Sundays. So of the four opponents IU has played so far, and Paige, you've already mentioned this, not murderer's row, right, in terms of opponents. But of the four opponents IU has played, I think Penn State's defense is the one that compares most favorably to Ohio State. If you look back at the box score of that game, you go back and watch that game, IU finished with 211 total yards of offense against Penn State. And that was with a frame of overtime. Now, Michael Penix made some plays late in that game in regulation and in overtime to help IU steal that game. But on the day, Penix was only 19 of 36 for 170 yards. Freifogel had only two catches for 27 yards. Fillier had five catches for 36 yards. And IU only finished with 41 yards rushing on 26 attempts. I mean, without three turnovers by Penn State and 100 yards in penalties, I don't think we're sitting here talking about IU as an undefeated top 10 team. Ohio State is bringing even more NFL talent into this game than Penn State. Now, one would think Ohio State certainly has the talent on the defensive line and at corner to replicate what Penn State did to really shut Penix and the IU passing game down. So I'm going to stick with a five and a half on my concernometer, but there are definitely some red flags. Dude, that's funny because like you just listed off like 15 things why this shouldn't be close, yet you're going to stick with your five and five. This is like very Corcoran-esque. (laughs) I understand the the logic. I guess – I do have some respect for the for the Indiana defense and what they can do. I think they're they're playing with a ton of confidence. There are some concerns on the back end of that defense, and this is a prove it game for me for the Ohio State defense. I think they're going to rise to the challenge, but I'm going to hold at five and a half, which really isn't all that high if we're talking about a top ten matchup. And I, I, my concernometer is only at five and a half. You guys have zero concern compared. Apparently, Chad, you definitely have a zero. Page, you're at one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some definitely some red flags for IU. Hey, Chad, you had a little bit of breaking news for our listeners. What is it? Yes. Straight from, as Paige loves to say, the BDB. The BDB, baby. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Ryan Day, the quarterback guru, just got a commitment from the number one prospect, not offense, not defense, the number one overall prospect. And Quinn yours in the 2022 class, right? Texas, yeah. yeah, 2022 class. Wow, kid is six six three one ninety five. He's an absolute stud. Wow. So I'm 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 so like, and I don't ever use this word giddy, but I'm giddy. <laughs> There's it good is reason. Unbelievable. To be. Unbelievable. The yeah. number one prospect, not just the one number one quarterback, but the number one prospect in the 2020 number one class. overall prospect. Wow. Yeah. Paige, what do you think of that? So wasn't he committed to Texas? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, Tom so, Herman. Just decommitted. Yeah. TikTok for Tom <laughs> Herman yeah. down there in Texas, that's yeah. for sure. And I wonder so who's the last number one overall player in the uh, is it Terrell Pryor that was a Buckeye 
that turned out to be a Buckeye? Owner? I think he was the number one overall recruit in what would it have been the twenty or the two thousand eight class, if I'm not mistaken. I think no. that might have been the last time Ohio State landed a prospect of this caliber. Now, of course, they didn't recruit Justin Fields. I mean, they got him through the right uh, through the uh, the transfer portal. But, he was but number I think two, yeah. That's just- yeah, behind Lawrence. Uh, that's huge. But going back, yeah, dude, that's that's freaking money, and I love that that just happened while we were recording this podcast. But <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said, Zach. Two sure. things actually. Um, number one, what Justin Fields is completing? What eighty six percent of his passes? Almost eighty seven percent of his passes. Eighty six. So, so in the history 7. of the, of college football, what's the record? I wonder. Chad, do you have some intel I, on that? Yeah, actually. Um, Matt Jones, the current Alabama quarterback, is right behind that. But Justin Fields, right now, is holding college football record. And then uh, Colt McCoy is behind of all time. Wow. And Colt McCoy is third behind him at like uh, 76.7, I think, somewhere around there. And then Joe Burrow comes in at fourth. Wow. So JF is – yeah, he's 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 making it happen. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and and the other thing, going back to the Penn State Indiana game, um, not only did Indiana pull that out of their butt, but like Penix Jr. on that those last few drives, like there was a few passes where you were like he was literally in the about ready to be sacked, mm-hmm. and he gets the ball out, and the guys snared him out. I mean, like there was five or seven different things that had to go their way in order for them to pull that game off. And, uh, and and then actually they probably didn't because he didn't actually hit the pylon before his knee hit the ground (laughs) said, um, yeah, I'm just not a, you know, I, I think, um, he's going to make some plays against us. Right. There's no doubt about it. And they'll probably put up some points, but, um, if you, you know, make them go the length of the field and consistently beat you and, you know, I had no idea that they couldn't really run the ball. I'll take my chances against that. I mean, yeah. and I think, you know, this will be great, right? It'll be a good test for our DBs. See what we got back there. Get those guys a lot of reps. I'm, I'm super, super excited to watch this game. I would think Ohio State's going to try and duplicate what Penn State did, right? They have NFL corners and they're going to be physical and play, you know, bump and run one-on-one coverage with those IU receivers. And, you know, they're going to challenge Freifogel and Fillier, much as as Penn State was able to do with their corners. And I think Ohio State's going to get after Penix in the in the, uh, in the the passing game. I think they're, they're, their front seven, the defensive line in particular, which actually rates better in pass rush than one would think. I'll get to that, that number in a second. But Paige, I want to kick it back to you. Why don't you give me your final score prediction? So coming into this pod, I was, I had um, 46 to 21. 46 21. Um, but I'm going to bump it up. I'm, I'm going to say 51 to 19. 51 19. I don't think it's going to be close. I just don't. Huh? Uh, <laughs> and, and the other thing, the other thing we haven't talked about is that I think Ohio State's mad, pissed off that they didn't get to play last week mm-hmm. and they're salty and they're, they, they want to play this game. And I think they're going to relish the fact that I use ranked number nine and I pity the fool. They're going to have to go <laughs> the shoe. It, poor little IU. It's going to be, uh, I think they're going to feel the wrath of the Buckeyes. <laughs> All right. Chad? Last year, we kind of considered Indiana not like a, there was like, a little bit of a, you know, a scare because mm-hmm. they were like, I mean, they were considered like a, a decent team last year. 
and the Buckeyes rolled 51 to 10 last year. So, I mean, you know, it's a new year, but 20 and a half point spread. I'm going with 56 to 12. 56 12. Well, I said last week that IU seems to be more of a threat when they're kind of laying in the weeds just outside the top 25, maybe not getting Ohio State's full attention, but coming into the shoe as a top 10 team with the East Division and a trip to the Big Ten title game on the line. I mean, these are uncharted waters for IU. And there is certainly no way Ohio State's going to be looking past IU in this situation. Paige, you made reference to it. Ohio State certainly would have preferred to play Maryland last Saturday, and they probably are a little salty coming off of the off week. But mm-hmm. I think the extra week for Ryan Day to prepare for this game is a pretty big advantage. I'm not sure how good the IU defense actually is, but we've seen Justin Fields shred much higher rated defenses in the past. Here's something to watch. Indiana likes to blitz a lot to get pressure. Now, of their 12 sacks so far this season, only two have been registered by defensive linemen. The rest come from defensive backs and linebackers on blitzes. A pro football focus rates the IU pass rush 80th in the country. By comparison, Ohio State is 10th. Who would have known that? Because Ohio State hasn't registered a ton of sacks. But according to pro football focus, the Buckeyes do get very good pressure, consistent pressure. Now, IU does not. Now, they've been able to get home for more sacks than Ohio State, but they rely very heavily on blitzes from their defensive backs and their linebackers. You've got a veteran quarterback in fields. You've got a creative play caller in Ryan Day who's had an extra week to prepare. You've got smart and explosive receivers in Wilson and Olave. I think there are big plays to be had when IU sends their DBs and linebackers on blitzes. I also think Ohio State's defense is going to play well in this game. You know, without the threat of a decent running game, I expect the Ohio State front seven to really pin their ears back and get after Penix, force him into some mistakes. I got Ohio State winning this one 41-17. Not quite as convincingly as you guys, but still pretty convincingly. And onward and upward, the Buckeyes get command of the East Division. I think we all feel pretty confident about that. Paige, you got any other comments on this game before we move on to Wisconsin Northwestern? Uh, no, I just hope that last sip of the cocktail Chad took was delicious. <laughs> yeah, it, dude, it really was. And, and the, You're this at the bottom will of that, make that you cocktail. happy. <laughs> Did you hear that ice rattle? I <laughs> love it. So I think this is going to make everybody on the pod happy too. And, and Dave seems to be pretty excited about this. I just read that our boy... Uh, Lejeha, Lejon, Legend Cavazos, Legend Cavazos. Yeah. Uh huh. Is it Legend Cavazos? That, that, yeah. Okay. Well, he's, he's going to be back for the game on Saturday. I heard about that. Yeah. And Dave seems to think he can be a help to the defensive backfield. Yeah. So. I think he and Ryan Watts, who's a freshman, I are going to, are going to factor into things in the secondary. It'll be interesting to see. What Ohio State comes out with personnel-wise with the off week in that defensive backfield, we covered this last Sunday, but Marcus Hooker and Marcus Williamson are not getting it done. And we went over the numbers, right? Marcus Williamson is – opposing quarterbacks have been completing about 90% of their passes against Marcus Williamson in the slot. You guys know I'm on the Josh Proctor train, 
And I think there are going to be oh, yeah. more snaps for Proctor going forward, beginning this Saturday and going forward. And it'll be interesting to see who else might factor in there as perhaps the nickel corner. Maybe you bring Cavasso's in, maybe Ryan Watts, the freshman, gets more snaps. That's something to definitely watch. Hey, I'm actually, I just saw something here on Twitter. We were talking about Ewers as a top-rated prospect coming to Ohio State and who are the highest-rated prospects Ohio State has had in the past. Number one is Terrell Pryor. Pryor was the highest-rated recruit Ohio State is uh, recruited since 2000. This is per 24-7 sports. Quinn Ewers is number two. Ted Ginn Jr., number three. Jack Sawyer is number four. Julian Fleming, number five. Noah Spence is number six. Nick Bosa, number seven. Beanie Wells, number eight. And remember this guy, Sammy Maldonado, number nine. Oof. He's a Brooklyn boy. That's Sloaner's boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sammy. Who, who, didn't, who didn't do jack shit at Ohio State? Unfortunately, Nothing. he didn't pan out for him. And then Nicholas, P- Nicholas Petit Ferrer. So you've got wow. the, the 10 highest recruits, highest ranked recruits in Ohio State history. Well, since 2000. Of those 10, how many of those have been taken here recently? Quinn Ewers, Jack Sawyer, Julian Fleming. And Nicholas Petit Ferrer, I mean, all four of those guys are, you know, obviously playing now or will be playing very soon. You had recently departed Nick Bosa. The program, I would have to say, you just look at that top 10 list in a very healthy place. And Justin Fields, also in this tweet, Justin Fields would actually be number one if you count him as a recruit, but he came to Ohio State through the transfer portal. But Fields would actually be the highest rated recruit of all those players that I just mentioned. Anyway. Sorry, Kirby. Some smart. useless. That was, a, that was a that was a really brilliant move on your part. Oh my God, Kirby! Kirby smart. <laughs> Kirby, Kirby, Kirby dumb. <laughs> Kirby dumb. <laughs> Kirby fool. <laughs> All right, boys. Hey, <laughs> before I let you guys go, I want to have a quick look at the other big matchup in the Big Ten. It's number ten, Wisconsin, at number nineteen, Northwestern. The line is Wisconsin minus seven and a half. The over-under, check this out, is only 44. (laughs) This is a clash of top 10 defenses. Wisconsin comes in to this game number one in the country, granted only after two games, but number one in the country in total defense, allowing only 218 yards per game. Northwestern is number 10 nationally, allowing just over 300 yards per game. They have two pretty good quarterbacks scoring off in this one. Graham Mertz for Wisconsin. Mertz is fifth in the country in completion percentage again after only two games. And Peyton Ramsey... Funny enough, the Indiana transfer, he's now Northwestern's quarterback. Mm. Who wins this one? Paige, I'll start with you. Truth be told, I haven't seen one second of Northwestern. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They rolled Maryland, one point against Iowa, beat Nebraska-Purdue. I'm high on Wisconsin Mm -hmm. um, after last week's uh, pod, obviously. So I think think Wisconsin wins this probably – pretty convincingly in, Ooh, in okay. covers, but you know, you never know Northwestern. I, again, I I'm, haven't seen him play, um, but I think Wisconsin's very, very good. So I'm going to go with the Badgers and definitely with a cover as well. Okay. Yeah. That The, the over-under in this era of college football is really funny. 44. I mean, this yeah. is going to be a, tr- if you like traditional Big Ten football and it's going to be played at Northwestern, right? They haven't cut the grass for three months. <laughs> nope. It's been monsooning in Chicago since. <laughs> exactly. Chad, how do you see this one? Can I answer that as like, I really don't care, but I will <laughs> say that I feel Wisconsin will, I mean, Wisconsin looked like a legitimate football team last week. Yeah. 
Um, and like Northwestern, like, I mean, I mean, they're Northwestern. I like the coach, but Northwestern beats them by, by 17. Wisconsin. So, sorry, you got Wisconsin by 17. Or, yeah. Okay. Please so, forgive me. Yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. So you got Wisconsin running away with this one that, by that, 17. That okay. Colorado dummy just kicked in, right, buddy? <laughs> yes. Right. Thank you, Paige. Can we edit that out a little bit? No, no, no. That's staying in. That's staying oh, in. Oh, okay. I, I'm with you guys. I like Wisconsin in this one, but only by a hair. And I, and I give them the advantage because of Graham Mertz. I think Mertz is a different kind of a quarterback than Wisconsin has had there in the past. So I give Wisconsin the edge by a hair. I don't have a score prediction for you. I don't think Wisconsin covers in this one. I think it's going to be tight. The game's in Evanston. Crappy weather. We're, you know, late November here. Should be a good game, low scoring game, but I got Wisconsin by a hair in this one. Let's just be happy that we're going to watch some uh, Buckeye football. Actually. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Paige. Yeah, shut like, up. Actually, I'm, last week was knock very, on wood there. out of my mouth. Knock on still, wood there, BVH. It, it could still, we have a full day. <laughs> yeah, but I think normally if we're looking at a cancellation, I think we would have heard about it by now. Uh, fingers crossed. But uh, it, it does look like Maryland, Michigan State is going to be canceled. So Maryland's dealing with a pretty big outbreak there on their campus. So sorry, Bobby Carpenter. Uh, it looks like Maryland actually does have a legitimate COVID outbreak. They were just trying to duck Ohio State. Bobby. Can we get Bobby on to talk about <laughs> his, his anger? Yeah, Bobby. His anger management. Yeah, he's got some anger issues, right? Let's here. make some enemies on the podcast. I think you've been too nice. Yeah. All right, boys. Hey, listen, you guys have been very generous with your time tonight. I really appreciate it. Why don't we end it here and we will get together on Sunday to have a look back at Ohio State, Indiana. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.